Today's reading is taken from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeliness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, So on the seventh day he had rested in all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on on it he rested from the work of creating that he had done. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we ask that as we uh, look at the Bible together at the beginning of the new year, you would speak afresh to us as a whole church, but to each of us as individuals, that you would be making yourself known to us, that you would be drawing us in our imaginations into your plans for us uh, in uh, the next year. Please help us, Lord. Please teach us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone get anything over Christmas with instructions? Anyone get a present over Christmas or bought something over Christmas with instructions? Or just me? A new monitor for my computer. Um, Anyone read those instructions? Do I see any? I'm not seeing any nods. I've seen some some acknowledgement. Um, I didn't. I turned it on first and had a fiddle with it. And um, I'm often like that. I don't know about you, but I, I'm suspecting that quite a few of us in the room are like that. That we will we'll, we'll try and work it out ourselves, and only ever get to the instructions if it goes wrong. Uh, and it's only then that we'll we'll open it up and find out what we should have been doing all along. It's no different with the maker's instructions in the Bible. In fact, the Bible, I thought about this, the Bible was only written once it had all gone wrong. And if you like, the troubleshooting section of the Bible is enormous. It's Genesis chapter 3 right through to the end of Revelation. That's all the troubleshooting, what to do about the mess. But we're starting the year in the first two chapters which is this wonderful part of the Bible, which is the original design. It's why it's so important and so precious to know these first two chapters of the Bible really well. This is God's heart. This is God's purpose for you and for me, for the whole human race, for the planet we live on. And that didn't change when it all went wrong. So start of a new year, start of a new decade. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Start of a new decade, you think, oh, didn't see that one coming, most of us. Uh, but as we do kind of at this time of kind of new beginnings of rethinking 
we want to go back to say, what is God's purpose? As we think about our priorities for this year, 2020 and beyond, don't you want your priorities to line up with the way God's made you? And made everything around you? Don't you? I do. Because if my priorities are somewhere else, then sooner or later it's going to go wrong and I'm going to have to go back to the maker's instructions, aren't I? So let's start there. And when we do that, we'll find three priorities for life, actually, for the whole of life. And so therefore three priorities for this year ahead about the way God has made us his original design for you and me. He's made us for three things that I'll highlight. Relationships, for work that matters, and for rest in God, in him. Let's look at the first days. We're made for relationships. It's on the first page, verse 26. Let us, God says, let us, the Holy Trinity, make mankind in our image. So God, his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternally relating in love to each other. That's the God who made everything, is a God in relationship. And he has built you and me in his image. So which means that you are built and you are born for relationship. So if we read through, we didn't have time to read the whole of chapter 1, but if we read through this picture of God the Creator at the beginning of the Bible, uh, each day he, he makes, he creates, and then he surveys. And at the end of each day there's a repeated phrase where God looks at things and says, it's good, it's good. The wonder of the stars and the galaxies, the beauty of this blue planet, the incredible variety of all creatures, great and small, it's good. But then did you notice, on the sixth day, he makes the human race, and verse 31, he says, it's very good. See the extra word? It's very good. Now that he's made people in his own image. And that's the trouble with talking about the Bible in the way I started the sermon, as the maker's instructions, because it's so much more than that. It's the story of his wonderful love for us, the true story of his love for us, of his making us in his image, which means that we're made for relationship because he is a God who relates. We're male and female to go together and we're told to fill the earth, the first couple are, because it's not good for a man to be alone. That's chapter 2. But more wonderful than our relationships with each other, as great as they are, more wonderful still is relationship with God. Because God's made us like him, we can know the creator. It's an amazing thing. He can communicate stuff to us in ways that we can understand and we can talk to him in ways that are actually meaningful, that actually what we say matters to God. He listens if we're in relationship with him. What an extraordinary privilege to be able to talk to the person who made the universe. And it means also that God could become human because human beings are like God. So the living God could still be God and, still beco- and yet become human. That's on the side. We'll come back to that in a moment. Relationships. They're what God has made you for and me for. So, will we make them a priority this year? Before work, or holidays, or new stuff, or anything else, 
that we are hoping for in 2020, will we make relationships our priority? Relationships with family, relationships with friends, relationships with the church family here. Let me give you an example. Supposing, I know this happens so, so rarely, but supposing someone says or does something which upsets you or hurts you, just supposing, what did Jesus teach us to pray? We've just prayed it. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Yeah? So what does Jesus want when someone upsets me or hurts me? He, he wants me to go to God first of all and say, God help me to forgive that person. They've done it again. And to go to God for the strength to forgive and then probably to go to that person when I'm calm and talk to them and say, hey, you know what you said? I find that really difficult. It really hurt me. And try and resolve it. And to do that quickly, there's a sense of this sort of daily in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Daily bread, daily forgiveness that I need. But daily forgiveness that I need to offer because... Otherwise, things run on and get sort of bigger and bigger. Well, that's maybe church family, but it's also family family, isn't it? It's certainly the workplace. That'll happen. Things will go wrong. But actually, prioritising relationships isn't just about dealing with stuff and forgiving each other, although it is about that. It's also positive, isn't it? It's just saying, hey, do you know what? Of all the things I want to happen this year, some quality relationships with the people around me, gosh, yeah, that's the thing I'm really going to pray for, believe in, work at. As I start a new year, I'm really prioritising the people in my life that I should be relating to. Second thing, we're also made for work that matters. So, verse 26, I don't know whether you noticed the, the way that God describes humanity that he's given us this purpose to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the animals that go on the ground. In verse 28, he talks about filling the earth and subduing it. And it's what people talk about as the creation mandate. It's God's instruction to look after planet earth on his behalf, to be in charge, to care for the world, not to abuse it. So, Human beings, we're made by God, we're creatures the same as all the other animals. We're like them, but we're different from them. We're not just animals. We have a different role and a different responsibility. That's again being made in God's image. So the dolphins, they're amazing animals, they're incredibly intelligent. But they're not responsible for the seas and for all the microplastics. The whales, don't have to worry about the world. The lions and the chimpanzees, they can just be themselves. They don't need to take responsibility for what happens. Human beings are responsible for the world. And it's been heartrending, hasn't it, to see the devastation in Australia in the last couple of weeks. People losing their homes, people losing their lives. So much land and so many animals. Uh, They're estimating millions have been killed. Now, something like that, as you watch it, you just think, oh gosh, that's awful. 
what can I do? You know, what can I do about the big problems facing the world today? The things that came up on the screens when we did that review of 2019. None of us can change it or magic it better individually, but all of us together, as a human race, are responsible for doing what we can to look after the world, and that is the basis for meaningful work, what we're reading here. Work that matters. What you do in your life matters because God has designed things so that they need looking after and made us all together responsible and all together to play our part individually. So whatever you usually do in a week, I don't know what you usually do in a week, whether you're paid or unpaid, doesn't matter whether you're paid or not. God wants you and me to look after the world that he's made and to manage it well, to steward it, to care for it and for all the different individual responsibilities in our lives. Maybe to bring order rather than chaos, to stop the rot where we see the rot happening, to bring healing where we can. So where do you do that? Where do I do that in a week? Let's think of some examples. It's tiny things like washing up and tidying up. That's order out of chaos, isn't it? Or at least it is in my house. And it's constant... But that's the world we live in. It, it takes work to bring order out of chaos. Recycling responsibly. Shopping um, responsibly. They're just everyday things, aren't they? But they're choices that we're making all the time. How we live in the world. It's little things like that. It's big things like government policies and the way big firms choose to do their business and make decisions that... Uh, business decisions but are also responsible and ethical decisions and it's everything in between Uh, making things mending things creating music and art all of those things reflect the creator who's made us like him and of course the big work that the Bible talks about from Genesis chapter 3 till the end is the work of sorting out the mess we've made of everything as human beings. The world needs to be made right and God's work in doing so, in making a way back to him when we go wrong, that's the work that the Bible mainly tells us about. It's the work we've just remembered, haven't we? Uh, When we remembered the word becoming flesh and making his dwelling among us. In Jesus we saw at last someone who perfectly imaged God through the whole of his life. He didn't go wrong. In every part of his life, he lived out what it was to be the image of God, to be a full human. Here at last was someone fulfilling the creation mandate. And here at last was someone who could sacrifice himself to save the rest of us. Because he did no wrong and could pay for you and pay for me. And that means today, 2020, the work that God is doing in the world is the work of getting the gospel out, the news about what Jesus has done to all different types of people in all the world so that they can understand, including people in our neighbourhood, people at your workplace, people in your family, people you study with. And you and I, we get to join in. We as a church get to join in. Again, in small ways. 
I know doing practical things, um, making church happen by, by cleaning or welcoming or flowers or music or photocopying or in big ways, teaching Bible stories to your grandchildren, taking that colleague for a coffee after work and opening up one of the Gospels and using a study to do one-to-one with them and help them to understand who Jesus is. Inviting a family member to the New Dear Dinner next Sunday so that they can ask their questions, so they can explore for themselves who Jesus is. That's the work that really matters. Of course, all work matters. But this is the thing God is doing in the world. Will it be my priority in the coming year? Will it be yours? Work that matters. Gospel work and actually all the work we do is an opportunity to serve God in the world. Again, we did a whole series of that. Fruitfulness on the front line, thinking about what we do in our working lives. There's uh, excellent resources that I can recommend if you're interested in chasing that one up. Final thing. If that just sounds exhausting so far, notice how this ends and notice where it goes. It goes with rest. You and I are ultimately made for, not for work, but for rest and rest in God. So chapter 2, verse 2, the seventh day, the completion day, when God had do this, doing this work of creation, he rested. And the link is made in verse 3 with the rest of us, because what then later came to be enshrined in Old Testament law as Sabbath, God's day of rest is to be a holy day. It's the, the, prince, the one in seven principle. There is a day set aside for rest, set apart for God. No longer a Saturday since Jesus came, but the principle is there to rest, to enjoy that relationship with God. That's the Sabbath principle. So gone are the days of uh, trying to keep Sunday special, sadly. Would have been a very good thing in our culture if we'd kept that. But nowadays, people are concerned with work-life balance. So I did a a search, and uh, this is the advice of various people. This is uh, Dolly Parton, that well-known philosopher. Um, She says, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. What is it, actually? Well done, Dolly Parton. This is Mr. Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. A lot of time in our office isn't, uh, sorry, isn't in our office or meeting with people or doing what you'd call real work. I take a lot of time just to read and think about things by myself. Which is great if you're a billionaire, but it's great advice to take some of that time where we can. This is former First Lady Michelle Obama. We need to do a better job of putting ourselves higher on our own to-do list. She's probably right, isn't she? Many of us do need to put ourselves on our own to-do list and look after ourselves well. But there's something else that should be highest of all on any of our lists, and that is relationship with God. It's the most important thing for you, for me, for any of us, is that relationship. Because actually, if that's right, then everything else flows from it. Work-life balance is not just rest from work, it is that, but it's rest in God and in that relationship that is so solid. There's a wonderful off-the-cuff remark in uh, chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, there is God is pictured as uh, walking, with, uh, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
He's out for a stroll with his friends, Adam and Eve. Come to have a chat. Come to have a catch-up. It's a lovely picture of actually how God wants to be with us. In his great love, God creates human beings to be his friends. We alone, of all the creatures, are able to enjoy that. We're made by God to know God and to enjoy him forever. So just a reflection on that. Is that the way you and I think about God? Do we think of relating to him as it's, it's a friendship? Is that the way you describe it rather than, well, it's a sort of duty I've got to do or it's rules and regulations for life, you know, Christian values? The heart of it should be a friendship. It's what God seeks for you and I to discover in him. A friendship with our loving creator God. And, and not just a sort of distant friendship, but rest in him. What a great vision. Like when you're with someone you've known for years and you don't have to prove anything to this person. You can just relax with them and be yourself. And it's so wonderful and freeing and enriching and it's great to spend time with them. That's how God wants you to relate to him and me to relate to him, to rest in him. Not to strive. I've got to prove something to God or achieve something. I've got to win his favour because in Jesus Christ we already have it. That's the amazing news of the Christian faith. We already have his favour because he's died, he's covered over our sins, he's brought us back into that friendship with God that we're made for. And whichever day of the week it happens, doesn't matter whether it's a Saturday, a Sunday, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, the fruit in our lives will be time off from work to rest and to enjoy that relationship with God. A couple of examples. Um, Taking some time in the day, maybe every day, that's the ideal, I think, to, to, to just have some time set aside to read the Bible and to pray. That's enjoying our relationship with God, isn't it? Thanking him for his blessings, as Imrita did, as she led us in, in prayer. Uh, bringing our needs to him, our, 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 the desires of our hearts, talking to him about the people we care for. Uh, many of us found the book uh, during Advent, uh, Radiant Dawn. We've, I found that really helpful. Many people did. It was great to get that inspiration, that focus each day. And for the new year, uh, Andrew has uh, organised some uh, options uh, before he went away. He's going to be at the back in a minute uh, uh, talking about those. Uh, you may have already organised something with Andrew then. If not, then talk to him, talk to me. There are ideas, there's a couple of things I've got on my shelf I'm very happy to pass on. Or something I rediscovered last week. Uh, last week was um, my Sunday off after, um, after Christmas. Um, I wasn't on duty, but I came to church. And because I didn't have any responsibilities... I didn't have to get here early. I was able to come at um, the same time that most people come, slightly after 10.30. must get better at that, folks. We must be here ready to start. Um, but I was able to do that. And, I, and so I was able beforehand just to sit in a chair and prepare for church. I haven't done that for a while, just sort of sitting there for half an hour, thinking and praying and talking to God and preparing for our gathering together. It meant I arrived and I was much more focused and uh, it was just great. It was just a really good thing to do for me in my relationship with God. I'd highly recommend it as a, a way of just having that time aside with him. So three priorities for the year. 
for the decade, for life, because this is how God has made us. He's made us for relationships, he's made us for work that matters, and he's made us to rest in him, the God who through Jesus brings us back to an eternal friendship with him, our maker. Amen.